0: Welcome to Overthinking in Your Underwear. I'm Lindsay. And this week I'm overthinking remote work and culture post-pandemic. I'm actually not sure what I'm going to call this one yet. So you'll see it in the title. So what I've learned um, since recording in the last few months is that when I decide to record and when I have on makeup and have actually taken a shower, often do not line up. The never, never the two shall meet. So welcome to this. This is fine. But um, on this episode, I'm going to talk to my friend Liz Elizabeth McFadden. She is the owner of Novella Brand House, which is a full-service ad agency in the crossroads of Kansas City. It's a really great place. Um, And she and I have very different opinions. We're good friends, but we have very different opinions about the theory of remote work or the idea of remote work. As me, someone who is a copywriter, a lifelong copywriter in advertising for like 20 years, I've always said, even before like the concept of remote work came up, um, which was just three years ago, right guys? Um, Even before it came up, I was always like, why can't we work from home? Why can't we work from a coffee shop? Like I just need to knock some stuff out this morning and come in at 11. Because my job, which was writing copy for advertisements whether it's a TV commercial or digital banners or websites, like I just need to lock in and focus. Right. And a lot of times the office culture, um, that we all know whether you're an accountant or you're an advertising or people are buzzing by people are grabbing you for a quick meeting you know you feel the pressure to chat around an uh, chat around the water cooler it's not conducive to like really narrowing down and writing a whole thing of website copy it's not conducive to you know, kind of researching some stuff and then writing copy, it just like, it did not work for me in my job. And I've heard other creative people that, you know, work in advertising, say the same thing. Like I get so much more done at home. So when the pandemic came and we all went home, I was just like, eureka. Like this is what, this is how advertising people were meant to work. This is like how we were meant to be more productive. This is how it was supposed to be done. And I was so happy that owners could see this. I was so happy that people were starting to say like, oh my gosh, like, we get it. Like, we're going to let people start to, like, actually work how, how they, how they should be. How's more productive? How's better for their mental health? How's actually better for their work productivity? So no one's more, like, vocal about how remote work is better for us creatively, emotionally, better for their well-being than me, right? So my friend Liz, who is a business owner, has very different goals. And Oh, and I completely understand those goals. I understand if you're a business owner, you need to train a younger generation. And how do you train a younger generation if they're not sitting next to their senior counterparts kind of drafting off of them? Um, she's trying to build a culture. How do you build a culture off of Zoom? That's very hard to do. Um I think people can be more, and I've seen people be more antagonistic off of Zoom. That's the benefit of what is changing is there's a lot of options. And there was only one way to office when I graduated. One way to office, and if you didn't office that way, if it felt smothering to your soul like it did me, you just felt trapped and you felt so confused about why you didn't want to work in this environment. A point I make in a previous blog that I will link in, the written version is that going into the office, is good for extroverts. It's not good for every personality because your social battery and your productivity battery run on the same charge. So if you're going into the office and you have to extrovert all day long, if you have to talk to this coworker, if you have to go to a status meeting that is completely meaningless, if you have to do all of the things required in an office, your productivity battery is draining the same time your social battery is cha- is, is draining. That's why when you're home as an extrovert, you get so much more done it's not only the time that you're given back, it's that energy Energy you're given back because all of that energy comes from the same place. And when you're going into the office and you're an introvert, I mean, an extrovert too, but I'm speaking from an introvert's perspective, you get drained really fast and you're spending your energy officing instead of actually jobbing. So um, I think that's something that people don't necessarily realize Liz, my friend is a, is a who we're going to hear from is an extrovert. So I don't know if she realizes the energy that it takes, you know? Um so I want to share this one little allegory that I have. So in my 20s I ran 30 miles a week. After work and on my lunch break I'd hit the treadmill or I'd hit the road and reach that number that I had set in my head. One day a friend invited me to yoga. At this point, I thought yoga was like stretching for women in a quiet room. Translation, yoga is for babies, and I was a runner. Shortly after, I went to that yoga class with my friend, and I realized I was in shape in a whole new way. Yoga was gentler on my body, rewarding, and I enjoyed the class as a hobby rather than a workout. I quit running altogether, and for 15 years, yoga has been a beloved part of my week. It keeps me fit and healthy and mentally in check. So we often think the hardest route is also the best route. It doesn't have to hurt to be worth it. Sometimes we're just running for no reason and there's a healthier way to live or work. We're going to let Liz from Novella Brand Health. We're going to let Liz chime in now. Thanks so much for overthinking with me, you guys. Here we go. Wait, do I want to wear glasses? I don't know. I'll wear them.
1: You look cute with or without
0: Okay. That's going to be-
1: I've got like a weird shadow. Okay. I need to sit here. Okay.
0: No, you're good. Do You you have a hard stop because you have another meeting, right? I just don't want- I want to be respectful. Yes. Let
1: me- uh, Yeah. I have to go and give a presentation.
0: Because I can be long-winded sometimes when this thing happens. So- I'm drinking a smoothie, so I hope that there's a bunch of like seeds in my teeth the whole time that we're talking. Well, I just finished a smoothie. Mm. Good. So let's start. It can be a common theme. <laughs> right. So I already introduced you at the beginning okay. of this. So okay. this is Elizabeth McFadden, the woman, the myth, the legend, the owner of Novella Brand House, located in the crossroads of Kansas City, Missouri, home to Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Um. So today we are talking about how wit work has shifted over the past three years, and it's kind of changed a lot, I feel like, over the last three years. And the challenges, I think it, you and I must have really different opinions about it, like Coming from a position of a business owner and someone who has to train people, who has to wrangle everyone together, who has paychecks to pay, you must have such a different perspective about the whole shift to work from home to what that means about your culture than what I do as a person who freelances um, and who in general just takes projects from companies. I'm thrilled about the work from home the work from home state and how the shift has happened. Do you, how do you feel about how, first of all, what do you think has changed just since the pandemic in the last three years? What have you noticed?
1: I mean, there are a lot of things that I've noticed about mm-hmm. what people expect in it from their work and, you know, working and where they work and how they work and all the things. I, you know, obviously people have been wanting a work-life balance and they've been trying to get that for a long time. And I mean, and you and I as Gen Xers, I mean, when we started our careers, um, there was no balance. I mean, you yeah. just, you worked your tail off, but it's different now. I mean, people that are coming out of college and Gen Z and even young millennials have a much different view of that. And I think that's good. I mean, I think we probably worked too much, you know, but there's always, there's, there, there's, there needs to be a balance. So I feel like people went through the pandemic and I went through, I experienced this too. You know, you real, like all of a sudden when all these things go away, you realize what's important to you, what's not important to you, where, and where you want to spend your time. I feel like that's, that's key. Right. And so people have since gotten that, have since sort of post pandemic, Become more intentional with their time. In fact, I always pick a word every year. I don't know if you do that. I Mm -hmm. pick a word every year, and my word for 2022 was intentional, which is so cheesy. I feel like intentional everybody chooses that word, but I to me it meant just being intentional with my time, and saying Mm -hmm. no to things that. I didn't need to say yes to is probably the short answer to that. So going back to your question, people just became much more intentional about, you know, how they spent their time and what they valued and that bled over into work, which I don't think is a bad thing. You know, if you are doing a job that you don't like, you don't get any joy from it and maybe you don't get joy from your job, but there's a reason you're doing it. Okay. Again, you're being intentional about that. That's one thing. But if you're in a job or working with people (laughs) that doesn't, that doesn't bring you joy, then why are you still doing it? And I think people really sort of looked at that, but at the end of the day, you know, it's a job. Okay. As my mother says, there's a reason they call it work. You know, it is a job. So typically, you know, whether you're a freelancer, whether you are a salaried employee, an hourly employee, whatever, you know, if you're being paid to do something there, you know, there's certain, there's a certain thing that's required. It's like, okay, you do this and I pay you for that. Right. Right. And when you are an employee, not only is it, you know, you do X and I pay you Y, but there's also other things that go along with that. Other expectations, you know, you're expected to show up, you're expected to do, you know, maybe to be part of the culture or whatever. And all of a sudden after the pandemic, you know, employees and people in general just started saying, well, I know that you say that, and that is a part of the job but you know, here's, here's, here's what works for me. Yeah. And so it became very employee focused and I don't want to come off and I'm not meaning to come off as like somebody that, you know, is not that it's all like company driven or boss driven. It's not, but there's again, a balance and a job, somebody is paying you to do something, you know, so if you like, there's, there's that expectation there. And I think it just got where it was hard for companies to
0: really ask a ask lot people of their- to do anything. <laughs> yes, ask- I'm going to tell you my favorite quote about work. It's from Mad Men. And uh, I feel like maybe I've told you this before. Um, Peggy is really upset that Don Draper is not respecting her or not he's not thanking her enough. He's not like just going above and beyond to thank her or whatever. And she's there working like really late at night and he's there working really late at night. And she walks in just ready to give it to him. And she's in a huff and she says something about like, but you never say thank you. And he says, that's what the paycheck is for. And I, I, laughed my ass off because I felt like Peggy so many times. But then when Don said that, I was like, that's what the paycheck is for. I mean, you don't have to say thank you. I mean, this is, this is a business. This is an exchange of goods, you know? Yes. Exchange of goods is, is perfect. And I,
1: well, I mean, oh my God, I love Mad Men. Love that show. I even kind of miss it, but I remember that scene. Mm -hmm. And um, yes, I mean, here's the thing you should always say thank you. Sure. But if if you don't or you
0: forget or you're too busy, whatever, at the end of the day, the paycheck. At the end of the day, that's what the paycheck is for. That's that's the thank you. Yeah. And- going back to what you were saying is like people through the pandemic, I think they became more intentional about their time and all of this. But I think also people also just realized that, wait, we can work like this because I think I went through my career going like, you know, kind of, I don't even know, like people really never let you work in, work from home. I'm a copywriter advertising. Elizabeth obviously owns um, an advertising agency. So we're talking about advertising here and People kind of would maybe say, oh, I I guess you could work from home in the morning. But it was like being by 10 o'clock, it really just never whatever, never was never a thing. So I think when the pandemic came and it was like, we can do this you guys <laughs> like we actually don't need to be face to face everything can be done on our computers we're zooming here we're zooming there i'm working better i'm more effective i have more creative energy i've actually my output is better i think there was also this realization of oh my god you guys we've been duped. Like we've been duped by the nine to five system. Like this can be done from my couch with my dog. This can be done from a coffee shop, then going for a walk. Like the cubicle isn't the only way to do it. And I think people realized that too. And then to tell everyone, well, you have to come back into the office and do it this way. It's like, but we know we already know the secrets already out. (laughs) That's do you, true. Do you think that? I mean, that is
1: true to a certain degree, but but I also think there's a reason why it wasn't done like that mm-hmm. until we, I mean, we actually had to for the sake of health, right? Like health right. and safety and community. Um, so, so talk
2: a
0: little bit about that. Why do you think the way to be that what is, what is so beneficial about being in the office? And I know that there are reasons I could, I could give you some of my own, but what do you think are all those benefits for being in the office?
1: So, you know, yes. Are there some jobs out there that, I mean, you might work as part of a team or something, but you're really pretty siloed, you know, and you could do it and it is done from anywhere and it doesn't really matter. And you're like a cog in a wheel. But at least for us here, and I think for probably most companies, there is a team aspect and people depend on each other and people need to work together and people need to collaborate. And so, and we, we, that's where we fall. So obviously when COVID happened, you know, everything shut down and we went home for, um, it was like eight or 10 weeks, something like that, because literally the city was shut down. We could not come into the office. And as soon as they opened it back up, um, I asked the team, I said, you know, do you guys feel comfortable going back in? What would that look like? And they were like, yes, we want to go back in. But this was like the very beginning of like going back. So, you know, I mean, there was no um, vaccine yet or anything like that. So we had to be really careful. So basically we came back and we were in the office three days a week. And we've actually since kept that. So now we have, we, we have a structured hybrid system or schedule, but we did that because everybody missed being together. They, you know, brainstorming and collaborating and working on zoom is exhausting and there were just times where we we felt like, oh my gosh, if we were just in the same room together, you know, this would come together so much faster mm-hmm. or, you know, it's awkward sometimes to be brainstorming over Zoom or there's times where you're in, like you're physically together, you're, idea- you're, you're ideating, you're like talking about different things and somebody will say like, well, okay, I'm not sure. You know, and it's like in person, you can kind of do that. And you can like show by your body language that you've got this idea, but you're not sure and you're going to just sort of put it out there a little bit. Right. And I mean, you and I have worked together and stuff We've like that there, yeah. where we have been there where somebody did that. And it was like, yeah. oh my God, that's brilliant, yes. You know, that doesn't, that's not going to happen on zoom. Mm -hmm. You know, they, maybe they'll put it in the chat or, I mean, they might say something, but it's just different when you, when you feel safe with each other and you feel comfortable with your team and trust, I'm going to come back to that in a second, trust. When you trust people and you're in the same room together, you can be vulnerable Mm
2: -hmm. and it's
1: harder to do that on zoom. People can Mm -hmm. hide or whatever. So, um, I, so, so for us, that was really important. And then as time went on, we realized that, you know, doing a structured hybrid schedule was kind of the best of both worlds. Like to, like to your point, it gave people the flexibility to two days a week, work from where they wanted to, you know, work kind of more the schedule they wanted or like work, take a walk, work, sit with your dog, whatever that looks like. Right. And just to have more quiet time to work. But the days that we're here are much more collaborative or working together. And a lot of times ideas and things just come up because we're just kind of talking and something happens. But um, the thing that I think when you, a big thing about culture kind of getting back a little bit to like culture and remote work and all that. So a really important aspect to culture or a team or a company, you know, people working together is trust. And, you know, when I first kind of heard about this idea or thought about it, I thought, "Well, what does that mean in the workplace?" <laughs> you
2: know,
1: and basically, everything kind of you know builds from that. If you trust your your uh, your team and the people that you work with then you know that you can depend on them. You know that you can be vulnerable with them. You know that there might be a conflict, but we're going to work it out or we're going to, you know, whatever. Um, You know, you just trust your team and you trust the people that you work with. And that makes you feel more secure. And it's like, it's a good place. You know, we want to be in a place and with people that we trust. Um, The number one thing that kills creativity is anxiety, Mm -hmm. Have you heard of, um, I wrote this down, Dr. Martha Beck. I don't think so. Okay. She is an author. I actually heard her speak at a conference this week and she was talking about that. And she's like, it is scientifically proven that anxiety kills creativity. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, I have seen that. And so again, going back to, I think it's when you're, when you're remotely working, I'm not saying that you can't trust your team or people that you work with, but there can be kind of a lot of mistrust Mm -hmm. that starts to breed. Right. And you also just don't establish relationships with people. like You do when you're in person. And so again, you know, if you trust people um, then you tend to have less anxiety and, you know, kind of all those things that I mentioned and in our, in our world, we have to be creative. So, Mm -hmm. you know, the less anxiety, the better. And I think that just goes back to creating a culture post pandemic, you know, or in remote work. I think most companies these these days have some element of remote work, whether it's one day a week or, you know, three days a week or whatever. Um, And so, companies have to learn the balance between, you know, what does that look like? Giving people sort of that freedom to work that way if they want to, but also creating structure so that you can, so that a good culture can be created.
0: Yeah. Um, Okay. I'm probably going to always be like pushing back on your points because I think we're on other sides of this subject, but I love you and respect you. Um, So I will say like, I had, I've had numerous positions like this where I had trouble being creative because the anxiety I was under in the office, like I was under so much pressure and I couldn't get a minute between meetings and everyone coming by my desk and I couldn't, I didn't, didn't have a minute to think. And sometimes I'd get into the office really early just to try to get an hour to work. And I, I literally was just kind of like, when, when am I supposed to do the work because I have a meeting and then we're going to see the client and it was not manageable or doable from that perspective. And now working from home and obviously I'm a freelancer, but even having pretty consistent projects, it's like you have so much more time when you take out a commute, when you take out getting ready, when you take out all of the kind of office politics and whatnot Like there's so much more time to be creative, which lowers my anxiety Mm -hmm. um, is my counterpoint to that. (laughs) Um, And I do want to ask you a little bit about office culture in a minute. Um, I feel like there was something else I was going to say when you were talking. Oh, but the thing that I really sympathize with young people and with you is I learned I came out of college knowing literally nothing, literally less than nothing. I, the first part of, I worked at an ad agency right away, but at BBDO actually, but I was like making copies and answering phones and I couldn't even answer the phone. I didn't even know how to work the phone. There was too many buttons. I was like, I I can't even do this. Oh, you know, my first day at Valentine Radford, I broke the fax machine. Oh, fax fax machines are the worst.
1: So it happened. I mean, you do. Yes. You You come out of college not really knowing how to work in an office or no, like, I do, do nothing you know? it's yeah. like
0: this isn't even the job I want I want to move up but I can't even do this job this is I was I was so like demoralized when I finally did get a you know junior copywriting position I was scared to death to speak in the room um you know it had Such imposter syndrome, had such low self-esteem about it all. And it took me, you know, years of sitting next to a creative director or an older creative and really just like learning the ropes. So I have so much sympathy for people coming out of college and being like, well, how do you learn in a remote environment? Because so much of that is just osmosis of sitting next to someone smarter than you. And you, who's trying to figure out how do you train, like, how do you train young people? You know, you're hiring new people, you're hiring young people. You can't just let them sit at home and be like, you know how to do this job, right? Because of course they don't.
1: Right. Well, and to your earlier point, I, what, what I think is awesome now is that people have, they have choices. So if you want something that is 100% remote and you think that's going to serve you best, there are jobs out there, mm-hmm. but and go get those jobs, right? I, mm-hmm. There, we've had we've had people, and I've heard other people, other companies talk about this, where a job is posted and it's clear that you know it's partly remote or it's structured hybrid or whatever the situation is, right? But it's not one hundred percent remote, and people think, um, well, it's negotiable. It, and if it's clearly stated it probably isn't you know i mean that's that's okay so gosh if anybody's listening today and you take one thing away from this podcast (laughs) take away that no yes but that but that that's what i think is cool about where we are right now right and kind of like our work culture if that is what you want and you work best in that that is awesome that you know that about yourself and there are jobs that will let you do that um but I think for most people, they they like some sort of mix, and especially like you said, if you're younger, if this is your first job out of school, it's probably not ideal to get a one hundred percent one hundred percent remote job. Right. You know, you learn, and even in the first few years, I'd say the first five years of your career, you learn oh, yeah. so much from just watching the other people around you mm-hmm. and soaking that in. Yes. I don't care what I don't care what, you know, your field is there's you just you learn by watching other people and, and people that are more senior than you and picking up on all those little things. So that's really invaluable. And again, that's hard to learn remote, 100 percent remote.
0: Yeah, I talked to since I do freelance, I talked to so many different people at different ad agencies. And the thing I think I think your structure is great. I really do. Um but I've, I've talked to so many different agencies that are, oh, we go in on only on Wednesdays or pick a day and go in and all these things. And what I hear from some people is like, they go in on Thursday and there's no one else there. And so then they're just Zooming the same people, but they're all home and then they go home the next day and all those, like a few other people are in yeah. the office yeah. and it, they haven't, I, I think it the kinks are still definitely being worked out three years after the pandemic, people don't know people, business owners like you, you know, people, employees like me, like we don't really know the dance yet. Like Mm -hmm. what is this? We're doing. (laughs) Yeah, That's why
1: ours is we call it structured. So Mm -hmm. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, everybody is in the office. And and the whole thing is like, you're here together. Otherwise, yeah, you're right. Does it make sense that if some people are here or not? I mean, um, but you know, again, I think you've got to kind of know yourself, know where, where you are in your career and what works best for you and seek that out. You
0: mm-hmm. want to talk to you um, about work culture and how you create work culture um, in this new environment. But first of all, I want to talk about you and I, and we're Gen Z's and we came up in a very different time. Gen, oh, Gen X. Right, right, right. <laughs> Look how young we are. I know. We're barely <laughs> 20. Barely. Barely. Okay. We're Gen X. Um, and so we came up, you know, early 2000s, we were, you know, getting into the workforce and it was so different. And I read an article in Forbes talking about how it used to be perk culture, like perk culture was the thing. And I was like, oh, I love that phrase because it's so true. Like Hiring relied heavily on perk culture, Mm -hmm. like having a hangout culture, which was sort of like the Google model. You know, we're going to have this cool campus. There's bars. There's yoga classes. You never want to go home. There's like not a line between working and um, home life and other And other places, especially ad agencies, because you know, we all want to be Google, we all want to be tech, tried to replicate that. They wanted to be like work is a cool place kind of vibe. And definitely in my 20s and 30s, that's what it was. You know, there was a pool table, there was a foosball table, there was bar, there was beer on tap, there was, you know, the beer cart going, going around. They definitely wanted to erase that line and they were pretty successful at it, like you were saying earlier we worked a lot because they were trying to do that whole culture of perk culture, hangout culture. You were just hanging out with your friends at work and loving every second of it. And I think Gen Z came out and they've come up and they're like, are you guys crazy? Work is work. Life is life. Life is me over here taking an Instagram shot of me at the top of, you know, a mountain hiking. And then that is work where I get my paychecks. They're two very different things. And I don't know why you guys ever confused it. Like, don't (laughs) you feel like it's, it just all of a sudden we were like, okay, that's not what we're doing anymore. Sorry that we offered you a beer on tap. Like, I feel like it changed a lot.
1: Yes. So, and there are still those things, but they're there for different reasons. Um, Yeah. Right. But yeah, I mean, but I also remember, and again, maybe we're a little, you and I both came up in ad agencies, which is a very different kind of a world. Okay. It's not corporate, even though it might be corporate, but it's not corporate because, you know, we're too cool for that. Or they're
0: trying to hide it for sure.
1: (laughs) Yes. Ad agencies are, you know, they're this like creative, we have fun and we do, you know, Mm -hmm. but But there was this whole, like you went and you went to work and you like hung out together at work and you went to lunch together and you hung out after work and you worked late together. And I mean, there was this whole social thing and you're right, at some point that changed and then it changed, you know, how long people wanted to spend at work, right? It was like, there's my work life and then there's my home life or my, you know, um, things they do, you know, in my spare time. And again, it goes back to the millennials, they they were like, you know, F that, what the Gen Xers and the boomers have been doing, you know, like we want a serious work-life balance, you know, mm-hmm. and so good for them, you know, good on them because I do think we needed things to kind of swing the other way. So, but what I see now companies doing is you know, still, there are still some of those things there. And I do think there probably are some places that they expect a lot. So they're going to like give you these perks and you know what it's, it's a trade off. And if that's okay with you, that's great. If not, then you probably need to work someplace else. But I think most companies use those perks now as a way to create like, like a, like a social, you know, almost like a social scene at work. So right. you see what I'm saying? It's it's oh, different. Sure. It's a different. There's a different
0: goal there in mind. You know, again, you want people to, to be friends. You're less likely to leave a company of your friends, right? right? Don't you? Is that I, is that? I your think thing? so.
1: But I also think you don't want to let your friends down. Mm-hmm. So you're more likely to do a good job. You know, to be mm-hmm. accountable to again trust each other right i mean if it's my work friends i don't want to let them down you know i want to do my part so that they can do their part so we can make our deadline or finish this project or whatever the, whatever the case may be yes and so like some of the things that we have done and, and this is what what i find as as a boss as a business owner that we have to be even more intentional about around our culture coming out of the pandemic because we're not here in this office 40 hours a week together, the time that we are together has to be, um, well, when it has to be productive, you know, people have to feel like they can get their work done. but it also has to be a time when we're together that we're kind of building relationships in person.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And yes, you can build relationships virtually, but it's, it's a different kind of time spent together. And so mm-hmm. Like for instance, we do um, a happy hour on Thursday here at the the brand house from four to five every other Thursday. And Mm -hmm. we just like, you know, we just sit on the couches, we just hang out, but it's just a chance for us to honestly get to know each other more and to talk. And like things come up in those happy hours because we really try not to talk about work. I mean, we might kind of veer that way, but then we get more back into like, you know, just like personal things or whatever. And I, I love it. You know, I think we get to know each other just as people. We just like kind of further our, our, you know, like friends relationships. And so, you know, it just makes you understand people more. And again, just have a, have a more clear relationship. So, you know, and then people also want to come to a place that feels good to work in. So mm-hmm. I think some of those perks before that were around, like, we're cool. We have this cool office or work in a cool place. Yeah. You know, it might kind of still be that, but now it's more focused on, you know, making a really good and, and inviting environment for people. So for here at here, for instance, you know, we have like really like, it's just a cool space and it is. tons of natural light. Like that honestly is like the number thing, number one thing on my list is natural light. Cause that feels good. You your know? space
0: is like cool, is way cooler than my apartment. I would think I'd rather sit at your, <laughs> at your space. Than my apartment.
1: <laughs> well, you know, it's, but it's a part, of, it's just again, like create an environment that people want to come to that mm. they, it feels good to work in. Yes. Okay. Not just because it's cool, but it feels good. You know, there's something really warm and inviting about it. And, you know, those though I think that's been the switch in like these perks, you know, that mm-hmm. companies have. Um, it's for different reasons now. But I, I feel like better reasons and reasons that really, you know, kind of mean something to people.
0: Yeah. I mean, not to this is an overused word, but like more authentic, genuine reasons. Absolutely. Rather, you know? Yeah, yeah I agree. Ideally for you, okay. Two, two part question. Ideally for you as Elizabeth, what's an ideal work situation for you? Is it coming in every day? And then Elizabeth, the business owner, what's an ideal situation?
1: So definitely not coming in every day. I think back to pre-pandemic and I think that was hard. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And again, I mean, my kids are older now, but, um, I mean, they're teenagers, but when they were little, I was constantly running, you know, running here, running there. Like if somebody got sick, I'd have to go pick them up or like run into the doc, run into the doctor, like all those kinds of things, like life things, there would be days where, I mean, it would be just a lot to try to manage and be at the office and, you know, whatever. Whereas now, you know, I have Mondays and Fridays that I have a lot more flexibility. Mm-hmm. And so I try to do those things then or what have you. Um, so I actually feel like the, the Elizabeth, the boss and Elizabeth, the employee are kind of the same because, well, that's good. yes, because it doesn't matter to me if that people are not here five days a week, but it does matter to me that like we've said three days a week are going to be the days that we're here together. And so that matters. And I feel like, you know, and kind of going back to one thing about culture is alignment, you know, people that work for you or with you have to be in alignment. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if you work here, part of, you know, and, and collaboration is one of our three values. And so we feel really strongly that, you know, we're better together. And part of our collaboration and being really collaborative is that we all work together in person three days a week, the same three days, right? Mm -hmm. So if you don't align with that,
0: then this is probably not the right place for you. I'm never going to be able to get a job with you, am I? Because of how vocal (laughs) I am about (laughs) my love of remote work.
1: But again, you know, I feel like again, see, you have found, you know, remote work really speaks to you. And that's what what that is what works well for you. Yeah. But, you know, you sort of have this itch of like loving to come in and collaborate. I do. yes, oh, I do. I love it. So you, you do that on your projects, right? But that's what people need to find. And that's kind of what, you know, again, you know, you need to know, I mean, I think companies, they need to be really clear on what their culture is. Mm -hmm. and own that. Okay. Don't be afraid. Don't be, and a lot of companies are going through this because they, they struggle with, well, yes, you know, my people want this or that. Well, you know what? That's great, but be who you are, you know, be who, what works for your brand, your company, your office, whatever. Right. And, and also one of my friends who is a She's, she's a psychologist and she works with companies like on their work culture.
2: Mm-hmm. And one
1: of the things that she always talks about is, you know, you have to define how work gets done at your company or on mm-hmm. your team, right? Like if you're a really huge company, there could be different teams, but you need to, you need to define how work gets done. And then that starts to define what your culture is. Mm -hmm. And so at the end of the day, you need to know it. You need to own it and not be not be afraid that somebody might not like it. That's all right. You know, your culture is not going to be the best fit for everybody. Right. But that's all right, because it's going to be a great fit for some people. And those are the people that you need.
0: You were saying that you feel like companies are like a little bit afraid to be like, here's our hard line and you stand with us or you need to find somewhere else. or blah." blah, blah. Do you feel like um, employees or hiring candidates have more power right now since the pandemic? Because it wouldn't feel like that considering there's like so many layoffs. It would feel like companies could draw a hard line in the sand and say this is where we are they wouldn't, they shouldn't be afraid to say what their culture is and demand it. What is your thought on that?
1: I don't think so. I I feel like there are, there are enough people out there looking for a job or open to a job. Yeah. And it's not just the schedule, just like, it's not just the money, you know, it's Mm. a lot of different things for people when they Mm -hmm. consider taking a job. And so again, you just have to be really comfortable with, you know, where your brand is, where your company is and what your culture is, because you, you want, you, you don't want somebody that isn't really aligned. Like we've talked about, I think the other thing is, and I mean, I just had this not that long ago. So we were interviewing for a position and like I said earlier, you know, people kind of, thinking they're going to negotiate something. So, um, you know, towards the end, well, we were in the negotiation, really, at this point. And this person, I could tell, really did not align with the fact of, you know, you are here Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And so I just finally said, I mean, this person was a great candidate. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Right.
0: But I just knew that was going to be a problem. It was me. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding.
1: (laughs) So I just, no, it was not, um, no. So I just knew that, I just knew that was going to be an issue. Right. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, this just, that's okay. This person isn't the right fit. And so I, you know, so I said that and I walked away from that. And a few weeks later we hired somebody else Mm
2: -hmm. that
1: was a great fit. So, I mean, you know, it, it's all right, but you have to, you just, you don't, you can't be afraid of that.
0: Right. I wrote in a blog once about kind of what you're talking about from um, the high, from the employee's perspective that when you're looking for a job, you should make, write out your list. Like I'm looking for salary environment. I love my boss. I love the creative. Uh, um, You know, how many days a week I go into the office, blah, 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 and then start like arranging them in order. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, kind of what your absolutes are and you're like, okay, well, that salary is really great. Well, I know salary is number one. So I'm willing to go into the office because they're paying me enough money to that. That wouldn't be me. My, my, my (laughs) absolute. Your love language is not that it is. It is remote work. Right. My (laughs) love language is sitting with my dog. Okay. Um, I just drew a dog on the paper and like put a heart around it. Um, But yeah, I mean, you need to figure out what your absolutes are because then if you're like choosing a job by your absolute, when something gets hard, you're going to go, well, you know what? I, I love this creative work and I'm doing it all for the creative work. And if you kind of organize things by that, it'll help you kind of find your fit better. So,
1: yeah. And because a company culture, because now a key part of that is how they work. Whereas it, it wasn't, yes, before, it wasn't, it it wasn't, but now it is.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so brands and companies, again, need to really need to really understand and know their, their culture and, and know kind of, they need to also make a list. I like that. I like, you know, just as the interviewee or no, an employee needs to have their list, employers need to have their list. And and I will tell you, you know, over the last year or so, when we've been hiring people or what have you i I know what works and what doesn't in terms mm-hmm. of what will fit with our culture and what doesn't and so we we do have that list of absolutes, mm-hmm. but that but, but then that you know people people don't want to come in for a culture and then realize, well, it's not really the culture or it's like you know it kind of changes with the wind, you know i mean people people. Again, they they find their security in a work culture. They're there for that. It maybe it motivates them. You know, they they get something out of that. And so, just like a brand, you have to stand you know stand behind your brand. You really have to stand behind your culture. And so that's why you hear so many different you know business coaches or business you know consultants or what have you you know talking about how important it is to, you know, not only create a culture, but manage that culture. And can, you can't just like, okay, here's what our culture is and sort of set it and forget it. You can't, you ha- constantly have to be, you know, sort of, you know, sort of nurturing that culture. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. So we talked, we touched on this a little bit. How was work culture? I mean, we, we did this a little bit, but we'll just see if there's anything more there. How was work culture different for you 20 years ago than it is now? Like when you were coming up, like what was different?
1: Well, one of the things I think, I don't know why I think about this a lot, but I remember um, in my very first job, I worked at Valentine Radford and you know, it was super strict. Like you were there. I mean, it was, this is a huge ad agency. Okay. You were. Did there? you have
0: to dress? Did you? Ha- were you wearing corporate dress?
1: Uh, no, like you could wear jeans. You, you could. could jeans. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if you
0: were going to visit a client, you had to like okay. dress up. But I mean, you weren't wearing a suit or
1: anything like that. I mean, you know, because we're an ad agency, we're fun. Um, <laughs> just checking. Just checking. No, no, no. But you had to be there at 8 30. You could not leave before 5 15.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: I remember one time I had to go pick up my friend at the airport and it wasn't that far. Right. Cause I work downtown, the airport's like, you know, 20 minutes away or something. And so I remember thinking, well, I'll just skip lunch and I like, won't take my break or whatever. Um, and then I'll go pick her up. And I just literally had to go pick her up, drop her off at a hotel. Like that was downtown. I was like right by my office and then come back. I mean, I wasn't even going to be gone in, like an hour
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I got in trouble
0: mm-hmm. yeah,
1: because I skipped lunch, but I had to go pick her up in like the afternoon or something. Yeah. I mean, that's
0: ridiculous. Oh, yeah. There so was that's like- an example,
1: you know, right. Of like how it, the culture did not allow for flexibility.
2: Mm hmm.
0: Yeah, very much. Yeah. There was always like an eyes on you kind of thing. Like I saw you leave before, like in New York, it was kind of like six o'clock last night. I mean, they just, people in New York always, there was like this, how late did you stay was a badge of honor. I mean, you've heard people say that before, you know, which was so stupid because people aren't even doing anything. It's dumb. Yeah. Such a waste of time. But, you know, it would be like, well, we saw you leave before 6 last night. And it was like, because I'm not doing anything. Like, I'm not going to sit here and, like, shop online at Nordstrom when I don't have any money. I mean, what? Right. Like, right. it was just – it was always – I mean, they were watching the clock and they were watching your seat. And it mm-hmm. was just like, okay, great. We're in high school still. Actually, I think I had more freedom in high school. No one was watching me that much in high school. <laughs> you know, it was yeah. horrible. It was really yeah. horrible. Yeah. So,
1: you know, that is – It's Again, I don't know why I think about that from time to time. Yeah. it was like a million years ago, but I think about how absurd that was. And, um, you know, whereas now that would, I mean, that wouldn't even be a thing,
0: you know, somebody would say, hey, I need to go pick up my friend, um, but I'll be back, you know, whatever. And it's like, okay. Something I was reading when I was doing a little studying for this was like women um, enjoy working from home more. Which isn't terribly surprising because, um, you know, they they probably have more responsibility, they probably have more responsibilities at home, so they right. can kind of they have to juggle all of it. It helps them with the juggling. There's another part of it that I read and something interesting. I know I've told you about once, um, which is women's housework at the office. Which you're a community of women at your office, so I don't know who this would fall on, um, but in lots of offices. And I have been in this situation when, you know, there's a lot of males. And for some reason, I don't even, sometimes it was explicitly said, and sometimes it was just the nature of women. The women are picking up, the women are planning the parties. The women are, you know, buying the baby shower gift. The women are organizing the winter party. The women are doing all of this. And the amount, I mean, it was taxing like very taxing. And I think the working from home, it just frees you from that. Cause you're like, <laughs> what? I'm not picking up your stuff or playing in your party. What are you talking about? I'm sitting here doing my thing and like, and there's not, there's not any of that additional stuff that would just, that's just naturally you put upon yourself or is put upon you. In this discussion with my husband the other night, because he is in
1: commercial real estate, which I mean, a lot more women are, are you know, going into yeah. that industry, but it's been male dominated, you know, and he was saying that um, he was at a conference and he was speaking to a woman who was telling him about kind of similar stuff, like what we were just talking about. And like some, some guy in a meeting, like just said something to her that was, you know, you wouldn't say it to a man. Okay. And she was offended. And she said, but I didn't even, she's like, oh, I just laughed it off. Cause I like, oh my God, I didn't even know what to say to him. It was so ridiculous. And he's like, I can't believe that. And I said, well, I can believe it because that does happen.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
1: um, and I think women, you just tend to, you know, sort of like you were so you, what's sad is we're used to it. Right. Now, I will say, I, again, kind of going back to work culture and all of that, that is becoming less and less. Oh, know? I agree. Right. I agree. Right. But it does still exist.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I think that, again, that's also something that you have to be intentional about, Um And this really goes to part of culture that is so important is the expectations of how people treat each other. I feel like a lot of our discussion today has been around kind of employer, employee and stuff like that. But there really is a lot of onus on, you know, people that are part of the culture. So the employees or the team members and things like that. And like, what are those expectations of how you treat each other Mm -hmm. and Again, maybe it's coming out of the pandemic and people are just, you know, they're not taking as much BS, you know, or again, they're being more intentional about things or they're just more work-life balance. Like I do think we've, we've all kind of moved to a better place in a lot of ways, but that also means that we expect a lot more from each other, you know, and mm-hmm. how we, yes, let me kind t- of talk about... Okay. Let me talk about four things that I think are really important. Okay, great. Okay. okay. So part of like, part of culture, right? And we were just kind of talking about this is like having good, productive, collaborative teams. Because again, if people feel good, whether it's like a place they're coming to work or like they just feel supported or, you know, it's again, it's overall, it's a good environment or it's a good culture, right? Then, then you can just be more effective and you can be more collaborative and, and all of that, but there's four really key things. You know, it's it's clarity and kind of we talked about this a minute ago. Brands and, and companies need to really say, you know, this is what our culture is, this is who we are, you know, we're not gonna ap- apologize for it, this is who we are. So if you're one of us, come be with us. But you have to be really clear yeah. about that, right? The second thing is alignment. So looking for people that when you're really clear on what your culture is, then you know, people, then you give people a chance to align with you. And that's what you want. You want people that are like, oh my God, I am all in on this culture. Right. Yeah. And if anything, what we've decided is coming out of the pandemic, there's a lot more things that go into culture that matter to people like a work culture. Right. The third thing is accountability. You know, people need to be accountable, not only to their boss or whatever, but to each other. And I think that goes with not only the work, but just, again, how people are treated in that and and mutual respect and the trust between um, between between teammates. And then the final thing is mindset. And, you know, it kind of is all those things together. But this is really where your values come into play. So, you know, being branding nerds that we are, we talk, you know, we talk a lot about values and because that's a big part of a company's brand. But it's also a big part of your culture, quite honestly. And so, you know, when you're when you're thinking about what your culture is or what you want it to be, or like really getting clear on that, does that culture at the end of the day align with what you say your values are? Mm-hmm. And then do people know that? You mm-hmm. know, people should be able to understand and see your values in what your culture is.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But you know, back to the original question. It's like, what what does culture mean, or how has culture changed since the pandemic? I think that it's it's just more encompassing now, and because people are being overall, they're just being more intentional yeah. about
2: life.
0: About I think it's life. more. It's kind of what we said. Like culture is now like it's more real. It's more authentic rather than more like kind of the fake facade that it was when we were coming up, you know, about pool tables and whatever, like, and about hanging out and whatever, like you, you're trying to create like a real work-life balance for people where they can be happy and feel good and feel safe and like create something, you know, like it's, it's based on more real things than like all the kind of phony stuff of the early 2000s. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thanks, Liz. I know you have a meeting. Thank you so much for taking this time with me. Oh, you're I, will welcome. See, I will see you in the office. I'm sure soon doing a brainstorm. <laughs> and I really, that's right. Enjoy it. I think it's fantastic and fun. And I really do it, like always brightens my day when I get to come oh, in. So, well, thank we you so it. much. Well, okay. this has been such a fun
1: conversation. I feel like we also had some light bulb moments. So,
0: oh my gosh, we're solving all the problems. We
1: are solving the world's problems. Okay. Starting with culture. We're culture. <laughs> <laughs>